Uh, right now at Hassle Cattle Company, guys, DNVR listeners, they've got this awesome deal going on. Buy three, get one free on Hassle Cattle Company's flank steaks. Uh, these things are super tasty. They're lean, they're flavorful, they're delicious. They also only cost $9.99 a piece, so really good deal. And you can buy three, get one free on those flank steaks. Uh, to get that deal, use code DNVR flank at checkout for that buy three, get one free deal code dnvr flank at checkout you can also always use code dnvr10 for 10 percent off your entire order with hassle cattle company as always uh, get that best damn wagyu beef around if you're in denver stop by the dnvr bar we have wagyu beef on our burgers what other bar in denver has that come on uh, hasslecattlecompany.com code dnvr flank to get that three for one deal What's up, guys? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up to win lots of money this week on DraftKings. I'm Harrison Wind, joined today by Eric Weedham. You know him as D-Line. Eric, how was your Memorial Day? My Memorial Day was uh, unspectacular, which means it was spectacular. That's all I ever want out of a day. <laughs> I feel like this is the first Memorial Day in forever where the weather just sucked. Yeah, it's true. But usually I didn't like mind it all. Yeah, usually it's sunny. It's 70 degrees out. Everybody's barbecuing. Yeah. Well, obviously not last year since we were still in the, uh, the heat <laughs> of the pandemic last year, but everyone before that. You're right. Uh, I think I like it today because it's it's dark and cloudy like my soul. It's like matching my soul. But I did get a little barbecue action Ooh. Yester- the, yesterday. Um, it was awesome. It's a little brisket, some baked beans, uh, a little camaraderie. <laughs> Dude, I went, to a, I went to a barbecue and I looked around and I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen any of these people in like, whatever, 18 months. And I was like... <laughs> Every person here is just swelled by 15%. Like it's, it's like every person, including me, just like sat inside and ate, you know, baked goods and like jelly beans and stuff. It's amazing. Was, um, I mean, I'm not surprised because you can't go a day without eating a type of meat. I mean, it's either Hassle Cattle Company and, or yeah. yesterday you're at a barbecue, so. Yeah, I'm a, uh, listen, I'm a carnivore. I, I feel like the my hassle cattle company uh, <laughs> addiction as it's being billed is being a little bit out, like it's being overblown just a little bit. Every time Probably. I make a hassle cattle order, I order three steaks. I get three steaks out of it. The rest come from Brandon, his giant family. So they order like 30, <laughs> they order like 15 meat items. I get three meat items and that, you know, and it's great because then, you know, there's no... Uh, shipping and handling so it's like just going to the store and buying a good cut of meat yeah I just, when, I, <laughs> when you're at a barbecue when you're at a function does everybody just try to talk to you about the nuggets because this is how it is for me and i look i love talking about the nuggets i love talking about the nba it's what i do for a living i'm good at it i enjoy it i can do it very easily um but it is what everybody just wants to talk to me about when they haven't seen me like in a while, even my parents, even my parents, all they want to talk to me about. Well, now we have like the wedding they can talk about, which they're really into. But all they want to talk about with me is the nuggets. And I'm yeah. like, guys, I talk about the nuggets 
five days a week, multiple hours a day, all day. I'm thinking about them every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Like I, I can talk about other things, but it, that's really it. Do you think that it's possible that you can't talk about other things? And they, they actually know that about you. That, like when you are left up to your devices, it's like a disaster. They're like, well, what about the uh, nuggets? <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's been the truth all along. <laughs> See, my thing is that I've grown up as a designer, as you know well. And so, like, my whole life, I've just, like, now that I'm nearing the end of it, <laughs> I'm 43, I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, man, like, I spent my whole life just around people that just never liked what I like. Like, never. Like, my friends didn't like the same music as I did growing up. I mean, they they came to appreciate it through me, but it wasn't, like, inherent in who they were. And like none of them like sports at all. And when you're a designer, like no designers are into sports. They're all like just like artsy, you know, like weirdo guys. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, in my circles, no, no one talks to me about the Nuggets. No one cares about sports. It's like a weird outlier thing. Everyone's like, oh, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, doing this like, uh, you know, like this podcast thing it's like kind of a it's people are into it i don't i mean clearly no one here has heard it or (laughs) (laughs) uh so it's very weird um so no i wish people would talk maybe i just need to hang out with your parents more you think that's possible um well if you hang out with them they're (laughs) definitely going to talk about the nuggets with you because it's it is their favorite thing to talk about I don't know why. I mean, it, it's just they love it. So, well, I don't blame them. I love the Nuggets. Who doesn't want to talk about the Nuggets? Right, right. Um, yeah. So Memorial Day in the books. Another uh, memorable Memorial Day. Um, let, let's <laughs> turn our. But wait, did you have a good one? We we only focused on oh, me. My Memorial Day. Um, I didn't do anything today. I got okay. a good friend in town who's actually going to be in my wedding, who I hadn't seen in like six months or so. So hung out with him for the last couple of days. But my other friend had a terrible Memorial Day. He get, get a load of this. I'm not going to name him because <laughs> this is really embarrassing. He lost a thousand dollars on DraftKings today. Today. What? On what? What was he you betting on? thousand dollars. Dude. Um, See, <laughs> this is like, like, you don't want DraftKings to be like this. Like, it, it, DraftKings can't be about, like, money you actually need in your life. It has to just be, like, just, like, augmenting things to make them fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what he lost the thousand dollars on. He lost $700 on the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, my. The Phillies? He bet $700 on the Phillies money line. This kid's from Philly. He's a diehard Phillies fan. I watched the game with him today. Like I watched this three hour game with him and just watched the Phillies. It wasn't even a close game. That was the worst part. (laughs) They got demolished. They got absolutely (laughs) demolished. Well, what was his, did he have like some insider info that, or was he just like, I like the Phillies. They're the best. I'm that's where I'm going. Uh, I don't think he had much insider info. I mean, Vince Velasquez was pitching for them today. He's been pitching well, but we, I mean, okay. Uh, full disclosure. There were some drinks flowing last night. Yeah, I got to think. I gotta um, think <laughs> he, I, I don't know. There's some stuff going on like with his personal life. That's not great. I, I don't know if he's in the best spot, but um, he all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I just put 700 on Philly to win tomorrow. Yeah, I think that that was a cry for help, Harrison. I think it's really up to you at this point to make the next step. (laughs) They lost 11 to 1 to the Reds, (laughs) and he lost 300 on the 76ers. 
yo, your boy needs an intervention. You know, really, you're the only person. Uh, let, he's revealing this to you. He's asking you. He's begging you, crying to you, Harrison. Yeah. Gotta make that call or just tweet. Maybe text him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not good. So uh, I've got I had to uh, com- comfort him a little this afternoon. Right, well, but, um, not really the meaning of Memorial Day, but all the same, I'm glad that you were able to <laughs> find. He me. didn't have a great Memorial Day. He did not. Okay. Um, well, let's turn our attention to the NBA after uh, th- this Memorial Day is in the books. <laughs> D-line, the the only storyline in the league I feel like right now is fans just acting like idiots, dude. Um, you had Trey Young got spit on by somebody at Madison Square Garden. Uh, John Morant's family was was like getting trash talked to, and like somebody was being racist to them in Utah. Um, the guy runs on on the court today. A fan runs on the court today in Washington D.C. Uh, it, it's crazy. It, there's something happening every game. You had the fans talking uh, shit to Melo at the end of game two yep. uh, a few nights ago every game something is going on with the fans um so i go to you i go to you because you're a fan you go I'm to games i do go to games what is your what is your feeling on this people have lost decorum they've like forgotten how to be together it is insane if you watch all of these clips on youtube of like people going to baseball games which is like the most peaceful endeavor you just like sit and eat a hot dog and drink a beer and like sit in the sun and like all they're doing is just fist fighting everywhere like i it's crazy i don't understand uh i kind of like had this thought when we were all sequestered and kept away from one another that we would sort of reflect on what it is to be a human being in this world mm-hmm. and what it means to live together, the fragility of our society and of life itself. And it turns out, nope, we were just waiting <laughs> like patiently to come back out and just start fighting, just start yeah. punching each other in the face, dude. It is so disheartening, especially like you would think, you know, not having the opportunity to go back to a stadium and have, or an arena and have, social interaction you would be like man this is like something we should never take for granted like we're all we've got you know it's uh let's go human beings but instead everyone's like no it's fight time it's like it's i i I don't know dude there's like a bunch of weird things at, at play i feel like there's a lot of like really negative connotation really negative feelings towards the nba also right now because of um just the way that um, it's just tilted and unfair, you know, like the, the things we always complain about. I just feel like it's mm-hmm. like souring people on the concept of the NBA. And it's yeah. sort of like making them angry and it's like making them aggressive towards the players. It's very strange. All, yeah. all I know is that like when Denver was being, you know, called out for booing mellow uh, like how quaint does that seem now it's like oh yeah that was like the most minor of the (laughs) it's like adorable like (laughs) booing mellow how that's how cute like i mean but you know who cares about booze like this other stuff is like dude what is going on with you idiots i so i think it's a lot of what you said where people just don't know how to behave and um uh, it's funny because I think I commented that on this on the podcast like last week, but since I've been at more and more games with fans, I've been seeing uh, some of that, but in a total opposite manner. I've seen fans have like so much joy and just right. be like dancing in the aisles 
at Ball Arena and cheering louder than anybody's ever I've ever heard people cheer before at that place. Like that Jokic three in game two, I, I said this to you guys on the show, that was one of the loudest moments I can remember uh, at Ball Arena, his three right before the half. And the arena was only half full. So I, I feel like people haven't been in arenas for so long. So they're on one hand, most people are just super happy, so joyous to be back. Like we're, we're back, you know, our lives are, yeah. Um, there's they're exciting again but then there's a few people who just don't know how to handle themselves and almost ruin it for everybody you know it's it's confusing to me like i wonder if like these are people whose lives like kind of fell off track over the last year and they're just like really angry you know and they're just like looking for some sort of outlet it's i you know i can't understand it at all i mean i certainly get like the you know, I'm a huge proponent of the theater of sports, like of booing and, you know, like things that are in, in the context and like in the uh, lexicon of sports, like where yeah. you, you know, it's like boo, you suck. I mean, it's like stuff that like doesn't actually mean anything. It's like not per real personal jabs. It's just like a expressing a general, like you're on the other team. We want failure for you kind of language. <laughs> Versus this like real life assault stuff where you're like, whoa, dude, whoa, 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 whoa. Like what, what, what's going on here? It's strange, man. I can't, I really can't call it. Yeah. It, it sucks because it's just dominating the discourse right now. And it's literally the last thing that should be dominating the discourse in the middle of the playoffs. It's it so sucks. It sucks that people are talking about it and it keeps happening and, I don't even really know what the league can do because these fans, they're getting banned from the arena for life. Yeah. Uh, there are in some instances, there are like charges getting filed with the police departments in the respective States. I mean, I, I don't know like what other extent you can go to uh, to prevent this stuff from happening. I, I mean, the stakes are already pretty high. I feel like for these, yeah, for these I mean, fans. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's like there's a there's like a penalty of life imprisonment for murder, but people seem to keep murdering people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't, did deterrence even work? I mean, I think we're getting deep into uh, sort of a different philosophy. But uh, I mean, that's all the NBA can do is just like be vigilant and then be quick to respond and like just pluck out the bad apples as quick as they arise. But yeah. dude, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like. Um, there's just going to be a reintroduction period that in not, you know, like not everybody has been as, um, you know, participatory in society as we have for the last year. Like there are people that are probably like, just like, if it's their first week out, their second week out, like, you know, and they're just, <laughs> just like have all of these pent up emotions that they're now like springing out. It's uh bad time knock it off fans yeah what are you doing it sucks i hope it stops i hope we don't have to talk about it again or watch it or listen to people talk about it again uh so i hope it stops on a lighter note there's this incredible documentary coming out about nikola Jokic. apparently it's airing in serbia i shouldn't shouldn't say it's coming out it's already being rolled it's, out yes um over these last couple of days in serbia it is called the difference maker the joker oh my god um I probably could have come up with a better title for it, but I'm, I'm not going to stew too much on that. 
Anyway, so some of the clips have been coming out from, from these first couple episodes that have aired. Uh, the one that I think aired last night, last night in Serbia that got tweeted at all of us today, uh, Jokic reaffirms that he wants to stay in Denver for his entire career. He says, and this is translated from the doc, when I came to Denver, I said that I would love to be Denver's Tim Duncan because he played his whole career in San Antonio. God willing, I would love to play my whole career in Denver. He's oh said stuff God. like this in the past, like he, that he wants to stay in Denver. Um, he would love to play for the Nuggets for his entire career. But here he comes out and says it again. And I believe this doc was filled bef- filmed before this season. Yeah. Um, we are so freaking lucky, man. Dude. We are so lucky to have this guy. My God, we're like renewing our vows with our, <laughs> with the, with our high school sweetheart who we've just, we're just smitten by. We can't, there's just not enough time in the day for us and our beloved Nicole. <laughs> right. And like to hear him reflect it back. I mean, obviously, this, I mean, this is, this is the difference between Carmelo Anthony and uh, Nicole Jokic as far as why Denver feels about one, one way or the, the other, the other ways that like, sure. This is all we ever wanted, dude, is we just wanted Melo to, to love us back, like the same way that we loved him. And like to hear Jokic, it, I mean, seemingly unprovoked. I don't know what, what led into that response, but just in the past, he said it sort of, you know, apropos of nothing, just bringing it up. Like this is a desire that he has, that he wants to be in Denver. He wants to be the guy that represents the franchise and, I mean, you know, come on, Harrison. Like, <laughs> I'm weak. It's we're we're so lucky, and I, I mean, look, the, the Nuggets have, have done a lot of right things since Nikola Jokic has been here. You know, like they've built the team around him, they've catered to him, um, they've got the right management in place, they've got a coach that he has a really good connection with in place, who's going to be here for a long time. Um, but, but, but like, he's still like the reason, you know, why it's his, it's his decision. If he eventually wants to leave or stay, of course here. it is, you know, there, 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 there is nothing that the nuggets can do. um, Like at, at that final point, it's up to him in the long run. And I've always felt really confident that, you know, even if the nuggets like don't win a championship, God forbid, um, over these next couple of years during this current Jokic contract, I have never felt like there's going to be a scenario where he wants to go somewhere else because he hasn't been able to win a championship here. I think he could go his entire career here in Denver and be happy if, even if he doesn't win a championship. I, I don't think it's, I don't want to say it's, it's not solely about that because he's like such a, a tough competitor and wants to win so badly. And of course, is just grinding and wants that championship so bad. But it's about more than that, I think, for him when it comes to just being a part of a team and an organization and a group and just sticking it and trusting the process and not skipping steps with the people that help get you there. So I think it's just like like more than that. So I think he's going to be in Denver for, for his entire career. He, he's said it multiple times. And um, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's great. No, I, to me, it's that I, I think that he believes that the group in places w- can do it. Like he believe, you know, it's not, you know, luckily for us, it's Denver 
and it's here. But I think it's like more that he just really believes in the organization. Um, yeah. And wants to stick with it because it's, you know, they've been so obviously loyal and obviously and, and, and allowed Jokic to be Jokic, you know, I mean, I think Tim mentioned it. I mean, it, uh, during that interview that, you know, it's, it's not assured that Jokic comes into the league and has a coach that is willing to cater his entire team to like the very unique way that Nikola Jokic plays basketball. Like he could very easily have been put in a position where, you know, like he's used just as a power forward or whatever. And it's like, he, you know, it's like he, they have <laughs> like, him. he was on the Serbian national team. Yeah. <laughs> man, so like, like where the, the ball doesn't go for a little, yeah. Where the ball doesn't go through him at all. Like he, you know, if he, he's open, he gets the ball, but it, there may be some actions run for him, but it's not the Nikola Jokic show. And it like really takes um, a huge leap of faith from a guy like Michael Malone to really just retool the way the Denver Nuggets play basketball fundamentally because of this one player. I mean, because, you know, if Nikola Jokic goes out, it's not, they don't have somebody else that can step in and just run the offense the same way. It's like wholly predicated on this guy. And I got to think that means something to him. Like they had faith in him. They gave him the opportunity. They, you know, there's a, the, his career could have broken in a lot of different ways, but um, I just think that, 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 you know, he's just a, you do for me. I you've done for me. I'll do for you kind of guy. And, and, Again, luckily for us, it's like happening in the city of Denver. We're like the beneficiaries of this, but it's really just, I, I believe, like a, a really well-run organization from a, from that standpoint. Yeah. So, like, you know, like Kevin Durant um, started his career with the Oklahoma City Thunder, got to a finals really early on, and then went to Golden State and won a couple championships. But if he had won those championships in Oklahoma City, like there's no doubt in my mind those would mean – a heck of a lot more to him than the golden state one does. And like, when it comes to Nicola, I really think he wants to win it in Denver with the coach that has coached him his entire career with the president of basketball operations that helped find him and bring him over and draft him and helped him grow up. He, I think he wants to win it with the training staff that he's been with since day one, yep. with the strength and conditioning guys who he's been with since day one, with you know the ownership that he's been with playing in the same building that he's played with on the same practice court in the same locker room. Like I think he's a big he he's big about starting what he finishes, yeah. and um, that's why it would mean so much for him to do it in Denver. And like if he went somewhere else and won it. I don't think it would have close to the same meaning. I don't even know if that would have much meaning to him at all. Like, like to be honest, he, I think really think he just wants to finish what he started and do it with the people that got him there. God damn. I, I mean, you're probably right. I just, man, I really hope that he's able to get it. Like, yeah, we owe that to him. I mean, we can, you know, not that we can do much about it other than just try to create the best culture. So that playing in Denver is as fun as possible for the, the players. Um, but God, you just, you know, you want like, that's like a pure thought that you like wish everybody would subscribe to. And you just hope that it pays off for him. You know, it doesn't become like a cautionary tale or something. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The, uh, so that, that documentary is going to be awesome. I think we're having the homie Miroslav on the pregame show before game five, uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, to kind of break, break out. Yeah, yeah. Break down, give us some translations <laughs> about what's been happening. Uh, what's been getting aired the other clip that did get passed along to me 
was that the first thing Jokic bought when he uh, signed his contract was his horse Dreamcatcher, his first horse. Yeah. Yep. Like, of course. I mean, <laughs> this this fucking guy, man. <laughs> oh, God. It's amazing. It's amazing when you, like, feel like you know a guy and you're like, ah, I bet he bought a horse. And it's like, yeah. he bought a horse. And, like, you knew it. Like, <laughs> I bet he like, named it something like Dream. <laughs> you're like, yeah, no, I, we maybe we actually do know this guy. Like, you <laughs> know. Yeah. Oh my god. The uh the other item of note that I want to uh, talk about before we kind of get get into uh how we're feeling about game 4 a couple days after it and looking ahead to game 5. Uh, Serbia named their preliminary roster for the Olympics and for this qualifying tournament that they have to play to get into the Olympics. Jokic is on it, no surprise. I don't know if he's going to play. Probably depends on how deep the Nuggets postseason run goes, yeah. but this tournament that they have to win or I think maybe get second in and then, then they go into another tournament. Uh, but they have to do really well in it to qualify. It starts on June 29th. Uh, so tomorrow, Tuesday is June 1st. So not a lot of time here um, if he's going to play in that. And what I have heard, D-Line, is what I have heard from talking to our Serbian friends is there's a real worry that, He's going to win MVP and then not play for Serbia in the Olympics. And people are going to be pissed at him. Yeah. And those two events happening right in front of each other or like right on top of each other is going to put like Serbian fans in a weird position because the Olympics means so much to the rest of the world. It doesn't really mean a lot here um, in terms of basketball. Like it pales in comparison to what it means to the rest of the world. But, um, like if he gets MVP in a week here and then doesn't play for the Serbian national team, um, Serbian fans are going to be in a tough spot. That That's what I'm hearing from our, our friends on the ground over there, at least. Yeah. I mean, this has happened before when he didn't want to play for a national team and like, man, people were really upset. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Um, my real, my hope is that, um, someday in the not too distant future, basketball is able to um, capture enough of the world's attention. Um, so it's like, obviously not to the level of the football world cup, but like it, like it means something to people. Like when there is, inter there are big international tournaments. And I feel like the, the world in general is like, obviously like really catching up with the United States. It's like, Guy, their generations are starting to have passed where you know children are interested in the sport early on and you know there are guys that have gone through the nba able to go back be coaches and like really pass on the game um at a high level to you know different places in the world but like i just have these i mean i've i've witnessed it like i I, and I just want it to be like a really big deal where every nation that comes out, like they have their team and the, like when you watch them, the nation, you can like get the personality of the nation through the way that their basketball team plays. Like the same is true of like the world cup soccer teams. Like, yes, there's yes. like different nations that you're like, Oh man, like Italy's so slimy or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Italy. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, you know, like different nations, like you, you know, um, and, like, I just love, you know, like the Balkan areas. It's always like these big guys that are just like old world, like big Viking, you know, maybe not, maybe not Vikings, but just like old, like knights and, and things like, uh, 
and you just sort of get a sense of each nation the way that they play basketball and i just really want that to be a thing to where like they're you know like the u.s is like brazil like we're like the we come out we have like our own like super uh interesting like artistic style and but it's it's not like a guaranteed winner it's like the world takes it seriously and so dude i just i hope that that's the case at a certain point that the world cup of basketball and obviously the olympics becomes such a big deal that like everybody definitely wants to play Mm -hmm. Uh, because we hear this we're like yeah skip the olympics who cares like the u.s is probably gonna win if they don't win then it's like we don't really care anyway because we probably had a bad team um but like if the if it got to be really be a big deal and then you could totally sympathize with the serbians being like yo nicola has to play we need this it's like needs everything to our country yeah but for us we're just like oh man that that sucks he's like he's gonna be really tired <laughs> yeah yeah it, it also sucks because serbia is gonna have a really good team or could have a really good team at the olympics if all their stars play like Jokic, bogdan bogdanovich uh boban is probably going to be on the team they have a good team man. yeah so they're they're absolutely loaded um teodosic uh they have of course so like they're gonna have a really good team pokashevsky too um and okay. like winning an olympic gold would mean so so much to that country uh it it, it is gonna suck though that if he doesn't play which I, I would probably say the odds are greater that he doesn't uh it, it's gonna suck if that decision has to come right after he wins the freaking mvp of the yeah. nba <laughs> I want. I mean, I can see a scenario where he like just doesn't play this tournament, but like he right. does play for the national team. Right. But you're right. Like the last, too, maybe, yeah, yeah. Like the last time he, they he played for the national team, they like benched him. He was like barely used. It was like so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Let's hit our first break, and then I want to get into some uh, game four reaction and looking ahead to game five. Uh, Let's hit our first break and then uh, we'll get to that. Guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew this week. You're definitely want to gonna you're definitely gonna want to have some on tap uh, for Game Five. Who knows what's gonna happen? I feel pretty good about Denver, but uh, you never know. Pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. You can get it from the farmhouse. You can get it from your local liquor store. It's in that Skyline Blue can with the Nuggets logo on it. Pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew today. Also, go to Gabby.com slash DNVR to start saving on your car and home insurance. Gabby customers are saving $961 per year on average. And the great thing about Gabby is they're not going to sell your info. So when you use them uh, to get lower rates on your insurance, you're not going to get spammed with tons of robocalls and whatnot. Uh, So what you do is go to Gabby.com slash DNVR, type in your car and home insurance info. They'll run your numbers against 40 of the top providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, and pretty much just tell you where you can be saving money, where you're spending too much money, and where you can save. And like I said, their customers save $961 per year on average. So put your policy to the test like we did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. Totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. Gabby.com slash DNVR. All right, back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. When you download DraftKings, make sure you use code DNVR when you sign when you sign up. Harrison Wind, along with Eric Weedham, you know him as D-Line. So two days after, uh, or I guess it will be three days by most of the 
uh, by the time most of you are listening to this. Uh, three days after game four, uh, a total shellacking, of course. <laughs> are you feeling any better about Denver not showing up? Are you feeling any worse about it? Where are you at? Well, new information has come to light. As you know, you saw this also in your feed. It came to my attention that the night before the game was played, the Nuggets' hotel was surrounded by protesters. I did see this. It sounded like it was a big ordeal that, like, where, you know, there were police involved and sort of the entire hotel was, like, kept awake by this. Um, crazy, right? So, I mean, I don't know, except for that I witnessed a team on the court that looked exhausted, like just didn't look like they're ready to play at all. And, you know, if you're looking for some sort of like reason outside of them, just, you know, not being ready for the, the moment or, you know, not being emotionally ready for what it is that was, was required of them. I mean, like, dude, that's some like, that's some like flu game level conspiracy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't I know, know what to you, make you of need it. To be wearing the conspiracy hat right now, I don't know what to make of it, but it sounds completely legitimate to me. I mean, that team looked terrible, uncharacteristically, and like for there to be, I don't know, I don't know. But how do I feel? I feel like I still feel like that game was just an aberration. Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, whether whether it was this uh, insane, you know, like disturbance that they had to go through, they weren't able to get sleep, and then they had a day game the next morning, like. Does that sound plausible to me? Yes, it absolutely does, based on what I watched. Right, um, because they looked like a team that maybe didn't sleep the night before. They looked like they were asleep during the game. They were sleepwalking. Every, universally, everyone looked terrible. Like the yeah. only person that looked like they showed up at all was Paul Millsap, which is not a great recipe for success, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so so it's a good theory. I, I reached out to to somebody with the team about it and I'll tell you what they said, but I, I kind of want to give more of a rundown on this story. So the nuggets were staying at the nines hotel in downtown Portland on Friday night. This is obviously before game four. Um, this article says when leftist activists surrounded the building in pursuit of a man, they believed to be conservative author, Andy uh, Nago. So there was like this huge scene, police were involved and um, De Denver was staying at that hotel. Um, I did reach out to somebody who said they were aware with it. They were like told not to be out late, but they don't think that it kept anyone up at night. All right. Okay. All right. So, That's fair. According to that source, the, the, the source did not keep them up the source that has actual information, not just uh, wild. <laughs> but I like your theory. I, I, I like your theory. Well, I mean, I felt like that was the implication, you know, and when, as this story was reported, that it was a something, it was, it was a disruptive force in the night before, which, you know, for me, somebody looking for some sort of explanation for what it is that I saw in the court, like that matches up perfectly. Like, oh, mm -hmm. wow. Yep. Some weird outside force like i don't know i still choose to i mean you know i still uh i still what even even the person that has direct knowledge of it i feel like is, is wrong so <laughs> yeah. i don't know what do you think man like i i i still like i i am 
I am soured on the idea of basketball currently, but I don't believe what I saw last game to be true. Yeah. Um, I think even in the immediate aftermath on the post game show, the biggest reason that like I was down and upset and, and nuggets fans should be upset is just because it was such a missed opportunity yep. uh, by Denver and the Nuggets have so rarely been in those positions in these playoff series in the Jokic era uh, to take advantage of, of that moment because you know, they've never had an opportunity to go up 3-1 before. They've never led 2-1 in a playoff series under Mike, Michael Malone. Um, so it was just such a big opportunity to maybe have a quick series that doesn't yeah. go 6 or 7, um, to, to take care of business, to get some rest. And they blew it. Uh, they absolutely blew it. And now it seems like the series will obviously go six. It seems like it's probably going to go seven. Um, but I'm with you. I, I'm not too worried about how Denver's going to come out and look in game five. I think we're going to get a huge bounce back game from Nikola Jokic because that's just what he does. And like you said, it, it was just an aberration, I feel like. Now, there are some concerning trends, I, I'd say. That, that we can definitely get into like Nikola Jokic's fatigue, Michael Porter Jr.'s touches and shots just diminishing as this series has gone on. Um, but overall, I, I think it was just upsetting because they blew a big opportunity and you hope they don't regret it down the line. Um, but I mean, at the beginning of the series, I thought this series was going to go seven. Most of us thought it was going to go six or seven. Um, it, it was just kind of the shock of them looking so bad in what could have been such a big moment. Yeah, they essentially like punted a game. They were like, whatever, like next game, you know, like, um, which, yes, as you say, was very disheartening. It was very, uh, particularly, you know, we said it on the post game show, you know, for, for selfish reasons, like, man, Saturday afternoon. Denver, Colorado, Memorial Day weekend, sun is shining, bar is popping, people are feeling good about the Denver Nuggets as a concept, which is like a really weird and novel thing to be able to say out loud. And like, <laughs> like the Denver Nuggets are like finally getting their due in a sense. Um, and, you know, the, and then they just come up in a way that you're just, you, you feel foolish for screaming every, at everybody to watch them all the time. <laughs> Even though, you know, I still, in my heart, believe I still think I'm, I, I'm holding to my six games uh, nuggets and six prediction. Like I think it's entirely likely that they come out and just wreck shop uh, on Tuesday tomorrow. And um, also like entirely likely that they go and they just shut it down in Portland. Like I, I don't think that that's off the table at all. I just, um, you know, we just need to see like a real, we just I, we just need to see Nikola Jokic be dominant, and then yeah. everything else falls in place. Everything else starts working at that point. It's really just all there is to it. So, so let's talk about Nikola Jokic. Let's talk about Nikola Jokic because obviously, before Game Four, he was having an unbelievable series. He was having a Michael Jordan esque series: thirty four points in Game One, thirty eight in Game Two, thirty six in Game Three, and That's then um, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you go from Michael Jordan to the worst plus minus of your entire career, including all of your rookie game? I mean, like, how, that doesn't just like happen. 
You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't fall off a cliff in that manner unless there's something going on or like some like it's just so it's so um, inexplicable. You know, it's and it's the fact that it, they played in a game that was just never competitive. Like that's the hallmark of these games with Utah and Portland is that they're dog fights. Like right. they they mean something. They so much to both of those teams that like nobody is willing to cede even an inch to the other and you know here they were like whatever dude like go get your little dunks go go ahead nurk like go sick um offering like very little resistance and more than anything just the on the offensive end they were just so dysfunctional like they just were not getting anything going they made like they were constantly just like floating around the the perimeter and just like never really getting any penetration and then if they did it was like hero ball stuff and it was weird man it was like i i just didn't recognize the team at all so i just don't know what to make the the fact that it was a blowout was weird and um it was funny to that degree yeah we we thought most of these games would be super close like come down to the last possession type games. And really there's only been one game that was close. And it was, <laughs> it was only because um, like Portland hit a bunch of threes at the end yeah, yeah. somehow yeah, get back like into it. Super fake close. Yeah. 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 Other than that, other than that five point winning game three, these have all been double digit games. And, and that's another thing. There have been a lot of blowouts in the playoffs. I think an uncharacteristic amount of blowouts, like, the Nets just blew out the Celtics again. The the Clippers blew out the Mavs last night. So a lot of teams are, are blowing each other out. But if there was going to be one series that you thought would be close every game, you know, it might have been Denver-Portland. Um, w- with Yoke's last game, he missed a lot of shots that he just made in games one through three. I mean, he was seven of 18 from the floor, one of four from three. So, you know, he was six of 14 from two point range. A lot of those were, were shots he made in games one through three. And the other thing that definitely showed up, I thought a little in game three, uh, when Austin rivers kind of carried them home. And then also in, in game four, a little the fatigue. And I think it's a real thing that, that Denver has to deal with, with yoke right now. He's tired. And the craziest part about it is, well, I mean, maybe not so crazy depending on, on how you look at it, but um, he's played, you know, 32.2 minutes per game across these first four games. That's less than he averaged in the regular season, 34.6. And, um, I, I feel like he's been getting fatigued in some of these games. Is, is that crazy? Or are you seeing that too? I don't know, man. I saw it coming down the stretch of the season, um, where he started, you, you know, like, I feel like from that, from that jazz game on, it was sort of like um, we were expecting to see Jokic rise to the occasion a lot more than he, he did, but he didn't need to. I mean, they're still winning games or at least they won the right amount of games or whatever. Like, um, But since the playoffs have started, he looked like he got the rest he needed. He's getting, he was locked in. I mean, he really hasn't shown any weakness. He's just been dominant this entire time. And, um so I don't believe that he just hit a wall like that. Like, I, I don't, I mean, we're talking about the same guy that when he had like an additional 80 pounds on him was playing a full 60 minutes in a playoff game with no ill effect. Like totally. he's just not, he's just built different. Like he's just a different 
person than the rest of us. And his game doesn't require like high amounts of energy. Um, so, but he was just like out of it, out of it, out of it. I, and I just don't, I mean, even if it is like a case of he was feeling fatigued, I mean, the, the nice thing is, is that that excuse or that, that, that line of thinking should be, you know, sort of, uh, eased up like going into this next game with like all of this rest in between you've got to think like a right a lot of rest now. with a lot of rest with no uh protests going on outside your hotel <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like the ability to <laughs> sleep uh, outside of a unconflict free <laughs> or conflict free zone in, inside of his uh his own apartment yeah dude i just i i uh i would be i would be as shocked about anything like i would not be to see Jokic come out and play another game like that would be the most shocking thing i can imagine it would be very shocking it would be very shocking um but but let me just share my my theory on why he might be a little more fatigued even though he's playing less minutes um like of course the 72 game season just happened he, he carried a huge load especially down the stretch but he's posting up way more in the playoffs and not just posting up, but scoring off post-ups more than he did in the regular season. And is he, and, I was under the impression he was like shooting more like mid range shots. He certainly did like in the, um, in was it game two where he was just, just draining mid ranges. What after the next? Yeah. I, I mean, I just think like he's had more one-on-one, scoring type of possessions in these yeah. first four games post-ups like where he has to you know work to get his shot whatever than he did game by game in the regular season and like just posting up against Yusuf Nurkic that just takes a lot of energy that that's tiring that's a lot that takes a lot more energy than just standing at the top of the key and throwing a lob to Michael Porter Jr. so maybe just the higher usage um, the more post-ups, just the, the more um, focus, the, like the fact that he's such the central hub of every single offensive possession from Denver, and he's usually the one at the end of it, uh, yeah. mostly scoring. Maybe that has a little to do with it. I don't know. But I can see I, it. I'm I with you. I, w- I think he has an extra gear, and I, I would be pretty shocked if he didn't have a great game here in game five. Dude, he's, I mean, book that. It, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. You know that he's been thinking about this for the last, you know, few days. I'm sure it's like very unsettled. I mean, I'm unsettled. I've just been walking around sort of, you know, like enjoying the avalanche win, but still in the back of my heart, just like hurt, just like <laughs> I can't, can't quite turn the page. So I think that he, I imagine he's feeling you know, as somebody who actually has an actual control over what happens in the game, I'm sure that he feels uh, more strongly about it than I do, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to break number two, I want to talk about like the other guy who is going to have the spotlight in game five, Michael Porter Jr. Um, of course, coming off his worst playoff game of the series where he really didn't do anything uh, in game four. He was pretty much invisible from the opening tip, finished with three points, shot the ball three times, made one of those shots, five rebounds in 23 minutes, just seemed totally out of it. We're really confident that Nikola Jokic is going to have just this unbelievable bounce back game. How confident are we that Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a bounce back game? Um, 
I mean, you have his quote, right? Like, he he definitely sounded like a guy that was very cognizant of what is going on. I don't know how you couldn't, but like, he definitely said all the right things in his presser. Yeah, today um, today he said um, he said a lot of things, but the big takeaway quote was. It's a learning experience. I can't let myself be as small of a factor as I was in these last couple of games. It will be a different game tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love that, you know, he's calling his, himself out, you know, um, because it was, well, I mean, for the one on the one side, it's like completely undeniable. Like what, like, dude, what, you had three shots, you got three points. Like, you know who you are on this squad. You know who we need you to be. Like, you know who we lost. You know what it takes. Um, and again, like, Michael Porter Jr. is much bigger than Norman Powell. He's yeah. much bigger than most of the guys that get put on him. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. Like, I, I just wonder if there's just always that thing in the back of his mind about protecting his body, you know, because it's been through um difficult situations to say the very least like i wonder if there's some mental wall that he hits where he gets put into sort of self-preservation mode that'll like disallows him from going as hard as some of these guys want to go um i hope that's not the case because there's no reason that he can't just bully whoever he wants like he should be able to just absolutely clown Norman Powell should he desire to but you know he's getting knocked off of screens he's getting like he's coming around screens the ball's being given to him he's dropping it or somebody's just like anyone gets their finger on it flies right out of his hand like it's just um you know he's just coming up very small at this point and the expectations are just so big on this guy for good reason he's incredible he's an incredible specimen like I when I went to the Nuggets game the first time this season and I I was like dude I don't know if I've ever actually seen Michael Porter Jr. play basketball in front of me before hmm. because of the pandemic like I it was strange yeah. and when I watched him like stand up off the bench and walk onto the court I was like oh my god <laughs> like this I thought this I like I knew this guy was impressive but holy shit like this is the most uh, impressive human form I, this this dude looks like david he's incredible like he's tall he's got like the perfect proportions he's a greek god dude there's like he shouldn't be punked like punked around or like punked by a six foot three guy like it's so yeah. weird he is just if you were gonna design a basketball player in a laboratory dude you would come out with michael porter jr you would come out with Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> he looks so intimidating. And there's just no reason on earth he should get like pushed around by anybody. It's unreal. So I just hope that he like in his mind he's able to make that transition and able to just like flip it on in killer mode. I don't know if that like takes time in the league or but I you know I we see like little Trey Young in Atlanta like Dude, that, that, that guy's not scared of anybody. Faku, like, you can't bump Faku off. Like, he's going to run into you more times than, than like, he's going to make it more painful for you to, to rub him off a screen. Michael yeah. Porter Jr. is just like, okay, cool. I, I gave the old college try. What am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> oh, this is totally off subject, but I was thinking about Faku today. And um... <laughs> you would vote. <laughs> Somehow, you know, he didn't get tired after the season. 
Like no. he didn't get tired after a 72 game season because no, somehow, and it was funny because we were talking about this in the preseason. How is this guy going to be able to play like he did in that first preseason game? Because if you remember, he came yes. out in that first preseason game and we're just like, does this guy know it's the preseason and not game seven of the finals? He was because... diving for balls out of bounds and shit. Yeah. You were like, what is happening right now? In the first preseason game. <laughs> and he played like that in every single game of the season and has played like that in every single game of the playoffs. He's Dude. played in the playoffs like he did in the first preseason game. He's like a little power generator. He's like a little, like you just put, he's just like constantly generating like nuclear amounts of power, just yeah. like, and looking to explode, like just put it wherever, like he just needs to put it out into the world. You're right. Faku is just like a, dude, if, if, you, if you put like Faku's like heart and his uh, just fearlessness and Michael Porter Jr., like that would be just the end of basketball. Like everyone would just be like, well, this sucks now. Uh, we thought it sucked <laughs> when LeBron was here, but like this sucks even more because yeah. this guy can actually shoot. So. Now there's like a really good looking guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The heart of uh, Faku. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's equally, he's just as corny as LeBron James. So that's fine. He can take the mantle, but like, I can't even imagine. Like, basketball would just suck for everybody. If you just, if, Faku in the heart of MPJ just rolled up into your city, was diving for basketballs, and then just hitting every three pointer, just yamming on your. Yeah. Like, this sucks. Basketball sucks. Yeah, but but I, I guess maybe what I'm getting at is guys like Faku, guys like Norman Powell, have had to play that way their entire careers yep. to get to where they are, and Michael Porter Jr. hasn't. He is that tall. He is or ha has been that athletic in the past. He, he has been just that naturally gifted. Um, and, and I mean, he, he that that's not to take away from, you know, how much better he's gotten and how much time he's put in because we know this. Tim Connolly told us, players have told us, Michael Porter Jr. is an absolute grinder. He's in the gym so much and, and just works at his game day in, day out to get to where he's at right now. But, um, yeah, like – He's you, you mentioned that they've been bullying him and, and yeah, like Norman Powell's been bullying him this series. Right. He, he's been super physical with him. He's wanted it so um, much more. He, he's been bumping him and fouling him and the officials aren't going to call it because that it's the playoffs and you got to play through that type of stuff. Um, he knows like if Mike comes down with a rebound, he's going to try to strip it because there's a good chance Mike's not strong enough to hang on to it. Um so I, th I thought Powell was in his head a little bit last game, and he knew he was in Mike's head. Um, you could just kind of tell from the way Powell was playing and his expression and how into the game he was. He was looking to start something for sure because yeah. I think he felt like he got into MPJ's head. So, I mean, I think the strategy for Denver has to be, like, we need a good game from Michael Porter Jr. in game oh, no five. Question. We have to get him going early. And, you know, part of it's, you know, continuing to run plays for him. Um, the other thing that's happening is uh, Portland is just really focusing in on him. Like we thought they would, because that's the key to shutting off Denver's offense. Um, you know, Jokic is going to get his, even though he did it in game four. But if you shut down Porter, Denver just doesn't have enough options to turn to. So that's what Portland's been doing. No surprise there. They've been, you know, doubling him at times when he's coming off screens and whatnot. So no. Denver's got to find a way to get him open. But Mike also has to help himself. 
I know. There's also been sometimes I've 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 seen when going back and watching it where you know he has reacted well and Portland's doubled him and he's gone back door and the Nuggets just totally missed him. There there have been situations like that, so he's learning how to counter that stuff. But he's also got to help himself. He's also got to be more physical. He talked about this today after practice. He's going to try to get on the glass more because he really hasn't been rebounding well. And he's also talked about this, a reason why his rebounding numbers have been down, he thinks, um, since Jamal Murray went out because he's out on the perimeter more as kind of that top option. He's not around the room as much, but he said he's going to try to get back on the glass. So uh, we'll see what happens in game five. Um, He's confident that, that he'll bounce back. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I can see it going either way. I mean, the funny thing is that Denver hasn't, like, really needed him as much as we thought they were going to. Like, he came out strong in the first game, but we got beat down in the first game. The the other two games, like, he has not been – I mean, he's scored okay, 16 points, I think, or, you know, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, he had 18 in game two, 15 in game three. Yeah, and it's it, they're, they're good contributions, but they're not, like – Jamal Murray 50 point contributions like they and you know scoring 16 points is actually enough if they can get somebody else cooking like you know in concert with uh an Austin Rivers or an Aaron Gordon or you know like you get another Millsap game or there's guys that can do it there's just like not the guy and we thought you know, and I still think that MPJ is going to be the guy. It's just like he's proving not to be the guy. He's pr- proving to be a guy, and he was nothing. He was zero in the last game, as was most of the other, the rest of the team. So I can't read into that again too much. But, um, you know, he's he's got it in front of him, man. Mike has everything, every tool, every gift required. And now it's just like, dude, do you want to be great? I know that you, you know, you talk about it, you act as though you do, but like show us. Yeah. And look, I mean, like, this is what the playoffs are all about. This is a moment for him. You know, this is a moment that uh, he can either really rise to or he can let the moment get the better of him. And this is what it's all about. This is what the NBA is all about. This is what become a, becoming a professional athlete and a star in your sports all about. Like, how do you react and how do you grow on the biggest stage and that's that's what he's on right now so i'm excited to see how how he responds because like i said this this is what it's about you know this is how your story is written so it's so true this is this is where narratives begin and this is where you know the people's reputations um start and yeah. you know you have to you, you if you play a, a playoffs like this and it goes poorly like then you're the guy that can't do it in the playoffs until proven otherwise like right. so hopefully let's get this act together come on mike <laughs> all right let's hit uh our final break here we'll, we'll come back in and wrap up here on the pod uh, you guys can get 20% off uh, from manscaped.com with the code DNVR. You also get free shipping with that. Make sure to pick up the Lawnmower 4.0, which was just launched. It's available. You can get it. Get it before supplies last or uh, or supplies run out. Is that the phrase? Get it before supplies. Well, get it while supplies last. <laughs> yes. Get wow. it while supplies last. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. You can get it for 20% off with the code dnvr at manscaped.com um 
couple features that the lawnmower 4.0 has a 4000k led spotlight Ooh. that you can turn on and off um, you would think that would be horrifying but actually quite convenient yeah quite convenient <laughs> and a little horrifying <laughs> <laughs> a new multi-function on off switch that can engage a travel lock for people Ooh. who travel a lot and then a uh, wireless charging uh, get it for 20% off with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Um, also from DraftKings this week, let's see what we got here. Um, I don't know if they have any. Uh, oh, they do have a special promo this week. Turn $1 into $100 inside credits. Boom. That, that's, what I, that's what I tell you guys about DraftKings. Every week, there's a promo. Uh, to take advantage of if you haven't signed up like if you haven't signed up yeah dude, get, get 100 bucks in yeah you're throwing away a free chance at 100 dollars. so dude, get 100 dollars in and then decide that your unit amount is one dollar <laughs> and then you know like when we're on the pregame show we're like oh here's a bet you might want to take and you put one unit on it, it's a dollar and like if you win you win two dollars and it's fun yeah like give yourself some you know they're just letting you get in the game for free baby right just don't bet it on the Phillies. no just whatever you do avoid philadelphia sports yep. at all costs in any arena in life betting or just talking about or acknowledging just steer clear yes steer clear of philadelphia <laughs> but that's right pick any basketball team that's still in contention bet one dollar and if that team wins you win 100 dollars in site credits Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credit. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $100 in free credit. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only new customers only. Wager paid out in site credit. Some restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 Four seven zero zero, and finally, make sure to check out Solace Meds. They have four locations in Colorado: one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one in Broad, or one off of Broadway, one just blocks from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. So maybe you're coming down to Game Five to watch at the bar. Stop nope. into Solace Meds. Before, Take the edge off. Yeah, stop into Solace Meds. Uh, just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East East Colfax. And when you go in there, make sure to use promo code DNBR20 at checkout. Because with that promo code, you guys are going to get 20% off uh, your entire purchase. They've got tons of other deals as well uh, throughout the entire store. But you can use code DNBR20 uh, for 20% off at checkout. So make sure to use that if you're stopping into Solace Meds. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up there. Harrison Wind along with Eric Weedham, you know him as D-Line. So um, let's bounce around to some other things. Who who else are you excited to see in game five? Who ranks high on your excitement meter ahead of tomorrow night? Uh, My entire world starts and stops at Nikola Jokic. I have a hard time considering anybody else. I really want to see another Austin Rivers game though. Like yes. that was about as sweet as it gets like that. 
and it's funny because the way we're talking about Michael Porter Jr. is like so analogous to Austin Rivers. It's like guy that came in, needs to be humbled, find his way, blah, blah, blah. Like Michael Porter Jr. definitely been humbled. Like to see him bounce back in that same way, like show everybody he's got heart. He's not going to, not going to get punked. Um, you know, like it just really comes down to, the bench unit for the Nuggets has not been outplayed at all this this series. It's just yeah. when things have gone wrong, it's always been the starters. So I'm just like really excited to see a fully energized Nikola Jokic giving a fully energized Aaron Gordon some you know passes to work with in the lane, some easy dunks, some spacing to stretch out so that Michael Porter Jr. could get engaged, so that you know like. I just want to see it working, you know. I just want to see the, the machine back uh, on the tracks, basically. Totally. The bench has been so good. Um, Paul Millsap's been good. Uh, they, they've gotten some some contributions here and there from like everyone. It seems like, uh, like, uh, part of that's Denver's bench has been playing really well. Part of it's Portland's bench just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, their bench is Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Simons at this point. No, uh, and oh, and, and Rodney Hollis Jefferson, because I don't think we're going to see Cantor again um, this series. I cannot believe, dude. I, it, if we have already conquered Cantor, Cantor, um, I mean, the only thing that, like, I just wish that we'd be able to, like, witness it live on the court and be able to act accordingly uh, but just the idea that he's already been completely eliminated from the series is so sweet <laughs> yeah we gotta we gotta act like we've been there before though because every team eventually eliminates canter in, in the playoffs so eventually he just gets eliminated well, this is our first time this yeah. is our first time it feels good i have to say <laughs> um i want to see i want to see what aaron gordon's got in this yeah. game five because i got to admit I've been a little disappointed by him this series. And I, I mean, when you look at his numbers, 12 points, I think his defense has been really good. And like, I mean, he had the moment in game two when he was like, all right, I want to guard Damian Lillard. And then he shut him down. So he was great that game. I, I think other than that, especially offensively, he's been a tad disappointing. Aaron Gordon, Eric is shooting 41.5% from the floor. He's barely shooting above 40% from the floor. Um, and it's not like he's been bad from three and that's dragging his percentage down. He's five and nine from three. Um, mm. He shot 60% from the floor during the series. I-, I looked into the numbers. He's been so bad in the paint and around the rim. He's shooting 38.5% from less than eight feet. I mean, that's like really bad. He's been blocked on a bunch of those. He's been stripped, but he's got to be better around the rim. And I thought, you know, maybe there could be a game this series when he goes like seven to 10 from the floor for 20 something points. Um, You know, maybe we get that in like a game five or a game six or game seven, but I want to see Gordon have a good game because he was so high after that game two win when he shut down Lillard. And that was, that was really his moment. That could have been his like, okay, I'm a, I'm officially a part of the Denver Nuggets moment. Um, I want him to have another moment like that. I want him to have another moment. Yeah, he's at least, like, coming out with energy. He really, like, uh, he started off last game really strong. And the previous he did. He did. games, like, it, it, something just happened with the rest of the team where it's like he couldn't 
keep it up because he, he came out on fire then ended up with six points. Um, so I think it's there for him. He's just obviously like, he's like a wide receiver, man. He's like a, a wholly dependent basketball player. Yeah. Like he needs people to get him into the right place. If ever it's left up to him to create his own shot, like it's always a nightmare. It's like, Oh my God, no, 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 no. When he's, you know, trying to break somebody down off the dribble then does his, um, his like fall away uh, in oh, the yeah. paint, it's, which he does. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. So sometimes that, that shot's working, but like more often than not, it isn't because he's not putting enough energy behind it. It's always, always coming up short. Um, but, you know, like that's another guy. He's just like, got it. Like he's got the physicality. He's, he's got the physical gifts. It's really just a, another guy that has to sort of decide that he wants to be, who he's able to be and then just has to do it like um it's there though man he, he's definitely come with the requisite energy like he just needs to maintain it for an entire game and we'll see like a the, i you know i wouldn't be at all surprised if the if this next game is the aaron gordon game it could totally be you know well it could be because you know it's no surprise that like in game four when the nuggets offense looked terrible and only had 95 points that he only scored six points. Like, like you said, he is such the wide receiver type where he's only going to have a good offensive game if the Nuggets have a good offensive game as a team. Yep. And the ball's popping and everybody's moving and everybody's getting up right and down time. the court. Yep. yep. So, look, in game five, we think the Jokic bounce back game is coming. They're at home. I think a big offensive game is coming. Yeah, he could. He, he could have maybe that vintage offensive Aaron Gordon game in the series. Um, like you said, I'm excited to see what Austin Rivers has because after that uh, explosion down the stretch in game three, I totally trust Austin Rivers now. I know. That's all it takes. <laughs> and uh, I did not trust him before that. But now I'm like, hey, man, this guy's shooting 47.5% from three this series. <laughs> my man. I'm, he's slide. been in a lot of big games. He's experienced. He's he's uh, he, He's got some guts, Austin Rivers. He, he's he like does, leading dude. out all over the place. He's picking scabs in the middle of a game. <laughs> I'm he's telling like, you. I'm all in. He's, I mean, he's legitimately a gamer. You know, yeah. he's just, um, he's just been in weird situations for most of his career where he was too big of a focus for how good he is you know he's like a good player but he's like he can't be your guy you know he can't like be the one that you're relying i mean you can have him step up and be play big in in big moments like we just saw but you, he's not a guy that you can just i mean he's like aaron gordon you know in in orlando where it's like you know, you're not going to quite get out of with, out of this guy what you're expecting. But if, yo, if you can just have like Austin Rivers come in and when he feels it, like to just go off, beautiful. But if you're like, dude, you need to be, if, you, if you're looking at Rivers like Jokic, like we're going to get this out of you every game. Like it's going to be a reprising of his entire career, you know, where it's like falls apart at a certain point. But goddamn right, man. <laughs> like little, little, uh, hot points and, and, and big games, like sign me up, man. <laughs> um, final question I've got for you before we get out of here. Do you think there's going to be a starting lineup change in oh. game five? And I think the only change that would possibly happen. And I, for the record, I don't predict there will be one, but one that I've seen a couple oh, people throw out would be Monte oh, Morris oh. or Faku. 
Um, Interesting. Interesting. Because, I would have thought maybe maybe you would even sort of MPJ, maybe maybe Millsap. Oh no, Michael Malone cannot bench Michael Porter. Jr. <laughs> Dude, Are you I, kidding, man? You say that. You say that. <laughs> like, let's see, man. <laughs> there is no possible way, <laughs> Michael Malone. Oh Everybody's going to start calling him Mike if he does that. That's for sure. <sighs> I don't know. No way. They're no feeling way. like Michael Porter Jr. is unable to adapt to the defensive issues that he's being presented with. But no way. Powell, like, I mean, that would I kill him. That, that would totally crush him. There's, there's no way. I guess so. I guess so. Well, I mean, what if he gets like big minutes on the bench or like just big minutes in general? I mean, I listen, I'm not predicting it, but like, is it, is it really that far out of the realm of possibility in your mind? Yes. Yes. Okay. That fair is enough. not, there's a okay. 0% chance that's happening. <laughs> All right, 0%. fair enough. I'm willing to say it's zero. There is not even a point anything. <laughs> it's zero. It's just simply not happening. Okay, yeah. fine. Uh, so, Monte for Faku, huh? Because now, I mean, this starting lineup had been crushing it. Uh, now the starting lineup, and a big reason for this is because of game four and Jokic was a minus 32 course, and that lineup was terrible. Now the starting five is a minus eight on the series yeah yeah i mean that's all last game that's just right. all last game yeah i agree T- to me I, I just really want to see like a real spiritual successor of game three where it was just like such a hard fought game back and forth and then um and then we just got like a non-game the next game like i want to see like it really feel like the next you know the rematch of game three where both teams like really show up and I don't know that that requires a lineup shakeup, you know, like I, I, I still, I'm sticking to my guns on this. I really just feel like the nuggets came out flat, but there's not any reason to treat them like they are that team and try to re- remedy what they saw in game four. To me, it's just like, they just need to play better. And so that's not a matter of, switching things up or being sneaky in your in your attack it's just like yo guys re-rack it here just try this again like yeah re-rack it like what what, what the hell was that you know yeah I, like we just need a three two one here just quick re-rack <laughs> yeah, totally totally um no yeah i agree i agree I, I think they'll keep it the same i think they should and, and the bench has played well that's another thing i, yeah. I don't think you want to break up that bench unit that's played really consistently throughout the series yeah that feels um, too reactionary to me yeah I agree. I think, you know, like you said, you could get just what ha- a continuation of what happened in game three without switching up much, much totally. stuff. I um, expect it. I absolutely expect it. Yeah. The other thing of note from Nuggets practice today, which we'll get out of here with, uh, Will Barton is out for game five. He's just hasn't been cleared yet. He hasn't checked off all the boxes according to the uh, the Nuggets medical staff that he needs to check off before uh, coming back so it's a matter of him getting cleared it's not a matter of will barton wanting to play or not wanting to play he does want to play uh he just hasn't been cleared yet so we'll see if he gets back for game six or seven maybe he could make a, a gary harris like returning game let's six. go we need this we need these narratives yeah uh we'll see uh but thanks for tuning in guys of course we will be live from the lounge for the pregame show at I think 6.30 Mountain Time because I believe this is a 7 o'clock start uh, tomorrow. Yeah, Tuesday. 7 o'clock start, NBA TV, which you can't <laughs> oh watch in God. Denver. Twitter's um, going to be a mess again tomorrow. My God. 
I can't, that's yeah. something we'll have to talk about also. I can't, we have not even really delved into the Comcast mess. <laughs> um, but come to the bar. The DMVR bar will be packed if you're in Denver. Not blacked out. The only thing blacked out at the DMVR bar is you potentially, depending upon how many seltzers you get. <laughs> well put. Uh, tune into the pregame show at 6.30 p.m. tomorrow night on YouTube, on Twitter, uh, on the DMVR account. Talk to you guys then. As always, guys, make sure to support the Colorado Exos out at Infinity Park. And also check out the DNVR Rugby podcast with Colt Strickler if you're looking to learn more about rugby, if you're looking to get into the game of rugby. It's an awesome listen. He keeps it super high level and also you know, gets into the weeds with some really good interviews. So check out the DNVR Rugby podcast, Learn Rugby 101 uh, with Colt Strickler. He's also got exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches and stuff. And also make sure to support the Colorado XOs when they're in season. They're a group of athletes who come from all different backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. They play their games at Infinity Park in Glendale. And what the Colorado XOs do is they take all those athletes, teach them the game of rugby, and pretty much just inject the U.S. national team with that elite talent. So uh, check out the Colorado XOs. Make sure to subscribe to the DNVR Rugby Podcast as well.